Welcome from the deep. I am Mike Finder. And I am Book of Brett. And today we're going to be doing something a little bit different. We've only done one of these type of videos before. Today's going to be a discussion topic video. If uh, you would like to hear... Have we really only done one of these? Yeah, we've only done one, which was the... Our Blu-rays and DVDs already dead. We will go ahead and link that down in the description and up top here right now. Um, that is the okay. only other discussion video we've ever done. Most of the other stuff on this channel are movie reviews. So... Um, this is a different type of video for us. If you are interested in hearing this in a podcast form, audio only, you can catch all of our podcast episodes uh, on Spotify and any of the other podcatchers that one would use to do such a thing. Uh, if you are only listening on audio, go ahead and make sure you check out our YouTube channel because there is a lot of content on the YouTube channel that does not make it over to the podcast side of things. With all that out of the way, uh, today we are going to be talking about the problem with elevated horror. Now, I do not want the title to mislead everybody and to get a bunch of hate clicks automatically because... Um, I am personally a huge fan of elevated horror myself. Uh, this is one of my favorite subgenres of horror. Uh, and so uh, just to get that out of the way, we are going to be talking about the problem with it. Uh, but we are also going to be talking about the upsides of it as well. Um, I know that Brett, you're, a, you're not nearly as big of a fan of elevated horror as I am, um, right? Well, is that true? You, well, you, you know, the, I, so I had this misconception of what elevated horror really was because I feel like, uh, like a lot of people, when I hear the term elevated horror, it turns me off from the movie because of how unbelievably pretentious it sounds. Right. And to me, elevated horror has always been this thing where it's, uh, horror being sacrificed for the sake of getting a message across. And I have found recently that that is not what elevated horror is. And so I would actually say that the biggest problem with elevated horror is the misconception that's inherent in a term like elevated horror. I think yeah. that's the big I think that's the biggest problem because when I went online and I started looking up movies that were considered elevated horror, I went I like all of these. Well, all so of them. This is what's interesting, right? I what I would like to do is I would start I I want to start out with what elevated horror is and actually define what we're going to be talking about today. That way we're kind of all on the same page here and none of us have misconceptions as to what it was. Because when we started talking about doing this this episode, um like you said, you had told me what you thought elevated horror was and I right. said and I told you, "Oh, that's not what I thought it meant at all." So right. and apparently that's what the internet thinks too because when I went and on Reddit and started a thread on there and got a pretty good response and that's what I did for the last discussion video we did because I think it's a really good place to kind of have these discussions and get a vibe for what uh, other people think of things and usually especially on Reddit as far as like the movie side of things goes if you present a topic for people to discuss usually you're going to get a pretty uh pretty good Good, uh, productive response and discussion going and that's what happened and that's what I found out like when I asked people what 
do you think of the elevated horror genre, the vast majority of people were giving me responses where I'm sitting here going, this isn't what I thought it was at all. This is, and I, I feel like a lot of people were also responding saying like, you know, it's this kind of blanket term that doesn't really, uh, mean anything. Uh, somebody actually posted a, uh, Joe Bob Briggs quote that says, uh, something to the terms of, uh, elevated horror is a term for people who don't like horror to explain the horror that they like. <laughs> and, um, and I think that's a really, I think the, the more I looked into it and the more I talked with people on Reddit, it's not an intention in the filmmaking process to make an elevated horror film. It's basically a byproduct of the people watching it to describe what they watched. Well, I have always thought of it as kind of a different name for art house horror. That's that's yeah. what I have always thought of it as. Right. Um, well, and, and that's yeah. And, and because yeah, that's, that's what I've always thought of it as, I've never kind of understood the hate because it's just another right. term for a thing that already existed. Um, well, and that's the th that's the thing is what what I found out what, or what I'm finding out is that the hate seems to come from um, first of all. I don't understand why the term exists if it's basically another term for art house horror because art house horror already sounds <clears throat> a little pretentious. Um, not like overly so, right. but it does. When, when you call something art house, it, it, it's almost like saying this is more artistic than another th than another type of horror. When really it's talking more about uh, it is talking about the aesthetic, but it's also talking about the uh, the writing and, and, and stuff like that as well. So to have the term elevated horror, I feel like most people hate it because it sounds pretentious. Yeah, um, and I, I definitely agree with that. And that's why I think a lot of people hate the term elevated horror. And, and I got to say, even after looking into it, it's the reason why I hate the term elevated horror now, because it's this term that doesn't need to exist that almost like automatically turns you off from something that otherwise, you know, you might not have been turned off from. Well, I, I will say um, we are not the only ones that do not understand what elevated horror means. This article no. is from IndieWire here, and it says John Carpenter has no idea what elevated horror means. Quote, I can guess what it means, but I don't really know. Um, and, and James Wan said the same thing that to me, that to me makes me feel a little bit better because I think, you know, the term art house horror has been around for a really long time. Avant-garde yep. is another good name for it. I think, yep. um, these, this, these are all names for things that already existed. And I think elevated horror is genuinely just a name to dumb it down for people that don't really know avant-garde and art house horror. Um, yeah. And, and I think that might be the problem with it, right? Um, and this IndieWire article, it says the term, quote, elevated horror came around in 2019 to describe the wave of horror movies, mostly A24 produced, shocking, mm -hmm. that imbued their storytelling with metaphor and strong craftsmanship over jump scares and schlocky twists. By then, we had Get Out. Plus, A24's The Witch, Hereditary, and Midsummer. Never mind, the art house was already a term dating back to the German expressionist films of the 1920s. Yep. And this is this is what bothers me so much, is that this is a term for something that already exists. And like I said, I think elevated horror makes it seem like it's this brand new subgenre of horror, uh, which makes people kind of like Joe Bob, uh, hate on it unnecessarily because it's something that has already existed. 
And right. and I'm not saying Joe Bob doesn't know what he's talking about. He clearly sure. knows more than both of us put to, put together, <laughs> say, like combined. combined. <laughs> yes, um, that dude is a walking encyclopedia of horror yeah. knowledge. Um, and so far be it for me to argue with the guy, but I think the term makes people hate on the whole. I don't even know if you'd call it a subgenre, but makes it makes people hate on the whole subgenre for kind of no reason. Well, that's the thing is, I don't think it is a subgenre. Uh, I don't even think it's not a genre. I don't think it's a subgenre. I think it's just a description of something uh, either created or perpetuated by people that don't know there's already a term for it. Right. Um, Um, And and this is the thing, though, dude, is when you look up, when you kind of, um, when you look up examples, I just Googled examples of elevated horror. And these are all movies that I would describe as art house horror. The Suspiria remake, Hereditary, The Lighthouse, The Witch, Get Out, The Babadook, It Follows, Psycho. These are all movies that I would describe Rosemary's Baby, uh, The Exorcist, Night of the Living Dead, The Conjuring. These are all See, movies that I would describe as art house horror and maybe not Night of the Living Dead and a couple of these others, but Or The Conjuring general. or The Exorcist or Psycho. I wouldn't in, consider in any of those Actually, I would probably consider Psycho art house horror. Would you? Okay. Yeah. Uh, but but really loosely. I this And this is the problem with this, right? Is that <laughs> there are no defined terms. When we're talking about right. a slasher... Like, um, slashers have really defined terms and everybody right. can kind of ge- generally speaking agree to what a slasher is or what a religious horror movie is, but there's right. no, and, and I think that goes to what you're saying is this is why it may not actually be a subgenre because there are no defined terms as to what they are. Right. Well, and that's why I, I don't have an issue with elevated horror or art house horror. That's not where my issue lies. My issue lies in the term itself because I, I, I feel like the way it's used, if you hear it, you've already got this preconceived idea of what it's going to be going into it. And I feel like that can automatically be a turnoff because if I hear the term elevated horror, to me, that sounds like they're spending more time on uh, making it aesthetically pleasing or trying to perpetuate a, a message rather than uh, focusing on creating a movie, like creating a good movie, which it's not. I'm not saying that's what it is. I'm just saying I feel like it, it, it can already make something seem pretentious, whereas if something's pretentious, that doesn't necessarily make it bad. It's just it kind of depends on how that pretentiousness is used and in what quantity. Well, I, I mean, I will say, uh, I think art house horror by its very nature is super pretentious. Now, yeah, but again, that's not necessarily uh, it's not necessarily a a, a bad thing. That's exactly because, I mean, what I was going to say. It doesn't mean it's a bad we, thing. If we look at the if we look at the term pretentious when applied to a movie, it's saying it, it it's holding itself to a higher standard. What's wrong with that? Nothing inherently, and I think that right. That's I, what I mean. I, I think one of the one of the bigger issues here is horror fans, um, generally speaking, not all horror fans, obviously, but I think horror fans are really super opinionated. Um, oh, for sure, and and they know what they like, and right. and there is a very specific small. 
um, set of rules that makes something a horror movie. And when right. when it's not hyper gory and jump scary or filled with monsters and slashers or any of that other stuff, I think a lot of people automatically write it off. And and I the the problem here is is people like Ari Aster um, are making things that I, I would consider a horror movie, but I would also um, I would also consider it something else entirely. Uh, which yeah. is, I think, why this term exists. Well, and I think, well, well like Ari Aster, for for, for example, is um, I would say his movies border more on thrillers with a horror aspect to them. Um, if we look at, for example, uh, there's that movie. Um, uh, there's something wrong with the Johnsons, or there's something up with the Johnsons. It was like his. It's first, a short it film. Like, yep. It's a short film. It's uh, super uncomfortable. The yeah, whole, it is. Have you watched it? I have. Yeah. Oh my god, dude! But again, something strange. A, the strange thing about the Johnsons is what it's the called. Stra- that's that's what it is. The strange thing about the Johnsons. Um, I don't really think that's a horror movie at all. Like, not even a little bit. Hereditary is another good example. I mean, it's got some horror elements towards the end, but I mean, I mean, if I'm remembering it correctly, but for the most part, it's a really, really depressing drama. If anything, it's not even really a thriller. It's more of a drama. I mean, if you remember how it ends, it does get sort of. It does right. have kind of a horror twist at the end. Yeah. Right, right. That, but that's what I said. It's towards the end. It has a horror twist to it. But that's the thing is it, it's it's this need to put things into carefully constructed compartments. Yeah. And but- I think that's where the, that's where the <laughs> problem with the term elevated horror comes in. Because it's like if somebody were to tell me a, a psychological thriller horror. I'm going to understand what you mean. And honestly, that's not too many more syllables than elevated horror. So to come up with elevated horror is almost like making an acronym for a a phrase of words that's one syllable each. Yeah, I mean, I think Robert Eggers is maybe a better example here. Um, Did you see The Lighthouse? Oh, I love it. It's it's one incredible. Of, one, one, right? of my fa- one of my favorite movies, period, of the last couple um, of years. I would also say The Witch... Um, from him yeah. is another great example of this. I think it's yeah. it's not straight horror. Um, it's not no. because there's not a lot of jump scares and gore and kills and all that type of stuff. Uh, but it is horror adjacent, as some people might yeah. say. Um, yeah, that that that's called thriller. <laughs> the, 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 the adjacent genre to horror is thriller. That's why I like The Lighthouse. I don't really consider The Lighthouse a horror movie. I consider it a psychological thriller. That's that's what it is. And that's what I'm saying is it's this it's this propensity to to have to put things into these carefully constructed boxes. It's like it's like give it a genre and then just enjoy the film. Like I don't understand why like like oh this one's this one's an elevated horror film. And that's like I said it's not it's not something put there by the filmmakers. This is clearly something that was created from a viewer perspective. Well, if we, um, I have a couple articles pulled up here, and this one is why elevated horror is an unnecessary and elitist term. Um, 
it this says in general terms elevated horror refers to films that attempt to upset you emotionally tending to focus on dramatic elements over blood gore and jump scares example of this would be the works of ari aster hereditary midsummer jordan peele get out us and robert eggers the witch and the lighthouse it seems impossible to mention elevated horror without invoking aster's name which is one of the very Not first ones there. that i brought up yeah uh cementing his films is the definition of the term um, it also says, uh, to your point here, I'm also not sure why it's even used at all, considering there has been a term for this type of horror for many years, psychological horror. Thank you. Um, so here's something I also wanted to bring up. I, I think uh, Mickey Keating is another phenomenal example of this. I just recently, like last week, watched Off Season. Have you seen Off Season? I have not. Dude, that, I mean, that might be one of my favorite movies of the last few years, and that's not surprising because he is also the same guy that made Darling. Did you watch Darling? Um, no, that was actually, Darling's a really good example of how the term elevated horror turned me off from a movie, which is uh, 100% on me. That's not fair to the film. Right. Uh, that's 100% on me for being uh, a, a stubborn and judgmental. Um, well, how do, but- you, how do you mean? Well, because for a long time, up until very recently, if I heard the term elevated horror, I just didn't even want to bother with it. I just assumed I wasn't going to enjoy it um, because it, it does give it gave me the, the, the idea that it's like, oh, well, you know, this is going to be way up its own ass like that, that kind of thing. But this goes back to what we were talking about on another video of trying to keep an open mind, trying to start being more open minded when it comes to stuff. Yeah. And uh, so Darling is actually on my watch list now that I've kind of uh, gotten the stick out of my rear end. Dude, I'm telling you, Darling is phenomenal. And it's one yeah. of the first uh, it's one of the first movies a few years ago that that I became really aware of kind of the term elevated horror a lot of these yeah. people are saying that it that it popped up around 2019 um i'm i was not aware of it i like i said earlier always considered it art house horror uh mm-hmm. and when i watched darling uh it wasn't until after i watched it and started to kind of look up um art house horror that i even became aware of the term elevated horror and i think right. what was it like 2021 or something that it really really blew up um, I can't remember the term. It was it was, um, it was mentioned in something. Somebody in the comments will will let us know. Hopefully, it was mentioned in something which which really made it blow up on film horror or on film right. Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. And and everybody started going crazy about what this means and and how it's not a real thing and this that and the other. So yeah, I think Darling kind of predates the whole term by three or four years if we go by um, it showing up at, in twenty nineteen. Um, and then I think one of the other ones that I really consider when we're talking about this stuff is Seder. I think not enough people talk about Seder. And, yeah. and that was one movie. We, we actually reviewed that movie when we were still doing the podcast on my channel. I will try to remember to link that down in the uh, description as well as up here right now. Um, that movie, I think, is a great example of what we're talking about. It has a lot mm-hmm. to say. Um, mm-hmm. It's shot beautifully. We're going through the mind of the protagonist and all of the different emotional things that he's going through. Um, I actually think that Seder is a great fucking example of art house horror or elevated horror or any of that. While we can say it is sort of pretentious, oh, yeah. <laughs> don't get me wrong, Seder is kind of yeah. pretentious, but it's also horror. 
Like it is right. straight horror. Well, and that's the thing is Seder's another one of those ones where like I wasn't fully on board with it again because it did feel pretentious because it was being uh, talked about as like this this elevated uh, avant-garde horror type of thing. But again, that's that, that that's more on me for being, you know, again, like I said, very stubborn and judgmental. But again, I think that's how a lot of people feel when they hear that term. That term is a, honestly, in my, in my opinion, that term does not do a film the good that I think people who use that term a lot think it does. I think it actually does more damage. I think it's more of a, uh, a derogatory term than a, uh, th- than a, oh, you have to go watch this. It's elevated horror. A lot of the things that make art house art house kind of go back to, you know, like way back in the day when you're working with a limited budget. And you're going to end up with a different result because you have to get a lot more creative with what you're given. There's no reason why I mean, the only difference between a studio project and a uh, you know indie low budget project is going to be the budget. So there's no reason why that should have any um, uh, determining factor on how the, the the movie comes out. I think what happens is you probably have a lot of projects that could be made as art house, but once they after they leave the writer's head and they're on paper and hand it off to a big budget studio, the writer isn't really the one making those decisions anymore. The producers are now. So I don't think the issue with uh, a bigger budget comes down to, again, the budget of the people involved in it um, outside the studio. I think it comes down to the studio. Well, I also think of it as more the rollout of the movie. Uh, art house cinemas are something entirely different than like a mall cinema. Mm-hmm. Um, and and a lot of the times, something that I would consider an art house movie, whether it's horror or not, is not going to get a massive wide release. Uh, mm-hmm. In the same way that something from a studio will. Well, how can you compete with the 25th Marvel movie? Well, exactly. And this is one of the reasons that a lot of people think that um, <laughs> that movies are dying. Uh, I I saw some... Oh, my God. I saw, like, uh, Instagram reel the other day. It was this guy saying that he can't... He can no longer focus on movies... Uh, he only puts them on in the background so that he can scroll on his phone mindlessly um, until the movie Jesus is Christ. over. Jesus Christ, dude. Why? <laughs> What's the point? Put, put a podcast on at that point. <laughs> well, and this goes over to my point here. Uh, Art House, the definition. Art House is a film genre which encompasses films where the content and style, often artistic or ex- experimental, Adhere with little compromise as possible to the filmmaker's personal artistic vision. I think that's a great way of putting it. The narrative is often in a social realism style with a focus on the character's contemplation of their existence or immediate concerns. An art house film is typically independently produced outside of the major film studio system. Major studios are reluctant to pour money into projects which are unlikely to return a profit due to the limited, often niche market appeal of the the material and and that's what i mean when i say i'm not sure an art house 
movie can be a studio movie, which yeah. begs the term, is art house different than elevated horror? I guess if we're going by this definition, it has to be. This is from wonderfulcinema.com in case anybody if was If we're going wondering. by that definition, but what I'm getting from that definition is that the only difference is that it's not picked up by a big studio because of the return on the investment, which again... Uh, it's, all, it's also the narrative that they're bringing in here. The social no, realism style with the focus uh, on characters contemplation about of their it, existence. When we're talking about it in the realm of a studio versus indie project, the only reason it's not be the only reason why it is independently produced is because the studio doesn't want to take it on. That doesn't have any bearing on how it's written or how it's lit. Or anything I did, like I that. completely disagree. If it's written in a way that is not ha that does not have mass appeal to a wide audience, uh, it automatically especially because of the style that they're going for. And they're more, uh, as, as that said, they're more worried about the filmmaker's personal artistic vision than they are appealing to as wide an audience as possible. I, I mean, well, okay. that, that makes it a huge difference from something like a Marvel movie, which is, uh, which is like made from top to bottom to appeal to, to appeal to as many people right. as possible no, rather than the narrative that the director is wanting to put out there. That's exactly what I was saying, though, is it's not being picked up by the studio because it's not going to have the return on the investment that they would like it to have. No, and, you, OK, OK. And so but again, the the, the thing, the, the question really comes down. Do you even want it to be a big budget studio producing it? Like, do, do you want them getting their hands into it to make it more mass appealing? And I would argue that, no, I don't. Well, I mean, I guess it depends on what kind of movie you're talking about, right? I think The Witch did so well, uh, not only because of the the people that are in it, because it has it has. Uh, I don't know if uh, what's her name <laughs> from Anya the menu. -Joy? Yeah, I don't know if she was yeah. a huge name before that movie. I don't know enough about yeah. her career, um, but I, I would say that The Witch is a good example of being kind of both. Um, because it does have wide appeal, but it's also got all the markings of what an art house movie is uh, mm -hmm. or an elevated horror movie is. Um, and so I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of torn here. I don't know if an art house movie can be a studio movie or not. All that is to say, this is the problem with elevated horror. Um, because there is no defined, definitive thing that that you can put in a little box in the same way that tech house is different than deep house mm -hmm. <laughs> like it, it, it there's such defined terms on what deep house is compared to tech house compared to techno compared to whatever else you want to say in the dance music world um those things while annoying as hell to deal with when looking for artists or or trying to discover new things um, often help you define what it is so that you know what you're looking for. And I mm -hmm. think that's the problem with elevated horror. It's not got defined um, things that go into it so that it's harder to even talk about what the hell it is. It's hard to talk about what it is unless you have a ton of examples, and that is not the defining factor of a good genre term. Right. Like I shouldn't have to, I, if I tell somebody it's a horror film, they have a general idea of what it is. If I tell somebody it's a comedy, they have a general idea of what it is without giving specific examples, references, and plot points. Yeah. If I tell somebody elevated horror, nine times out of 10, they're going to go, well, 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 what makes it elevated horror? I shouldn't have to give you a bunch of examples. And I don't mean like it's a bother to give you a bunch of examples, but if you're going to use it as a term, the term needs to be able to really kind of detail 
what you're going to be getting yourself into. Otherwise, what's the point of it? Like, if I tell somebody art house, you have a pretty good idea of what, you, of what you're going to be getting yourself into. Yeah. There's going to be complexities in the writing. There's going to be a certain aesthetic to the film overall, even though you might not know what it is going into it. But elevated horror is just such a, it feels like such a nothing burger term. Well, going back to this uh, article from horrorobsessive.com, this says elevated is such a broad term that it can be applied to things that don't necessarily fit the label. And disagreements as to what fits and what doesn't confuses people, especially since elevated horror is sometimes described as horror for non-horror fans. And <laughs> I think you could say the same thing about thrillers, right? <laughs> like horror yeah. thriller is 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 kind of appealing to somebody that wouldn't go watch a Friday the 13th movie or or Terrifier or something but along you know, those lines. And, and, and you know what? I, I, I Even though I can agree with the sentiment, I don't know if I totally agree with the fact that it's horror for non-horror fans. I definitely I don't, don't, yeah. I don't think that's fair. I really don't because it's it, it's like, who's to say you you like a certain type of horror? That's not, you shouldn't, that's gatekeeping. We're gatekeeping at that point. Exactly. We're saying you don't like horror because you don't like this kind of horror. And I feel like this is something that is so prevalent in the horror community. And I know I'm going to get crap and backlash for this, but there is so much gatekeeping on both broad and def and small scales in the horror community, it's like I I don't see gatekeeping in in most other genres like I see in the horror genre. And at the end of the day, just enjoy it. And if you didn't enjoy it, that's fine. And if somebody else didn't enjoy it and you did, that's fine too. But with the the the, the gatekeeping and the necessity to go, oh, it's this or oh, it's that. It can be one thing without having to be that on a microscopic level. I mean, I, I definitely agree with the gatekeeping stuff you're saying. Uh, the horror community has a very big problem with that. Now, with that being said, I think the reason that you you have gatekeepers and stuff like this is because you don't have comedy-obsessed people. You don't have indie-obsessed people. That's a fair point. This... this the thing that makes horror special is that there are people that live their entire lives um, with horror being the genre that they are into. And there is no other genre in film like that. And that is why it is special. Now, with that being said, it also, it also lends itself um, with that being the case. It's kind of like DVD collecting. Um, it, it also the type of person that is willing or or is going to be obsessed with uh horror is also the type of person that is going to gatekeep and and that i think is the biggest issue that horror has is that the people that are really into it are really into it but they also kind of it's it's kind of like punk kids um punk kids are really like this is mine and i don't want the mainstream to know about this mm -hmm. um and at the same time um as the horror community we all cheer when Terrifier 2 does really well and the whole world starts talking about it, um, mm. which is sort of 
ass backwards. Um, and and so I think the biggest issue is that the the DVD collect. I brought DVD collecting into it because it's the same sort of thing. Um, I know more than you do. I am deeper into this than you do than you are. I have more of these than you do. Therefore, I know more about this than you do. And that is such. It's such a close-minded, gatekeepy way of mm. uh, living, and especially something like like a film genre. It's just so weird that the horror community. It's also again what makes it special, but it but it's so weird that the horror community is that way, where it's like right. we want this to be accepted as a mainstream thing, but also this is mine, and I don't want right. any of you to know what this is. It's such a yeah. weird. I, I think Jonah Ray put it really well. Um, punk rock guilt is what he calls it, um, where where you feel guilty about liking mainstream stuff, and therefore you tend to get all super close-minded, and I only listen to this, and this is the mm-hmm. thing that I'm really into. Um, it's, mm. it's what turned me initially off of um, when we were younger, of punk and and metal and emo and all all of these things have that same issue uh which is which is why i think horror is different it is looked mm-hmm. at as a lifestyle and a choice as how pe- as to how people live their lives because a lot of these people are hyper obsessed they wear t-shirts they have horror shit on their walls they collect these things they collect vinyl from from random obscure movies from the 1970s all of these things go into why horror is different but that's also the same thing that makes it cool and special well that's that what no it, that's fine my I, I i guess more my issue is the uh the, the the gatekeeping how do i how do i phrase this it's one thing to sit there and like love horror altogether but i feel like with horror in particular if there's something that you don't enjoy that other people do, or let's say like a vast majority of people enjoy something. Let's say, oh, for example, the Scream series. Um, If you don't enjoy something (laughs) in that series that people love and you don't like it, all of a sudden it's this like this floodgate opens and I get it. Like I get people love it. I, 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 and that's just an example. There's plenty of other examples, but it's, it's one thing to sit there and go horror is special to me, but then to sit there and go, you didn't like this specific horror. You don't know what you're talking about or any other way you want to word it. That's the part where I'm just like, that's a bit much for me. Well, I think the problem is is that horror nerds are not necessarily film nerds in the same way. They're genre nerds. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and I'm not saying that genre nerds can't be film nerds because obviously sure. I, I think we both prove that point uh, as yeah. well as many other hundreds of thousands of other podcasts on, on bo- both the, the audio platform and YouTube. Um, but I, I think the problem is is that a lot of people that are really into horror are not into film as a whole. And mm-hmm. so they tend to look at these things through a really specific horror lens. That's fair. Because, um, as you remember when we were doing, uh, when, when we were, do- we did a, uh, we did a trailer reaction and we're sitting here like, like I was sitting here picking things apart, uh, from a film standpoint, not from a fan standpoint. Right. Um, and I think that that's, um, well, and this is what that's a big difference. The thing he's talking about here is our scream trailer reaction. That's what you were talking uh-huh. about, right? Yeah, uh, we did take that down because of exactly what we're talking about. We got bombarded with uh, people that are 
hyper obsessive scream slash horror fans and they were so fucking rude about the way that you some of them were vile yeah and and some of them were vile and it's and, and i will say it's fair to say um i know you're joking when you're being sort of outwardly angry and mean about something yeah. i know yeah. i know how to take that but without the context like of knowing it, who when you it compares are, yeah, but okay. How much context do you need to know when you compare Scream to The Land Before Time? It's a fucking joke. Come on. But How much context do you really need? Like but some that... people are just wound so tight. And that's why I am not apologizing for any of I, it. I don't think you need to, but it is why we took that video down in case anybody right. was wondering. Um, you know, I and, and this is part of what I think spurred this video. Uh, the problem, it's not just a problem with elevated horror. What we're talking about here is a problem with the gatekeepy horror community as a yeah. whole. Um, yeah. And and horror... Gatekeeping <laughs> in general. Gatekeeping in general. Yeah. Just let people enjoy shit. Or not like, enjoy I... stuff. That's the other thing is all of the stuff that we talk about is opinion-based. And because yeah. it's opinion-based, it is obviously open for people to verse... Sure. To, to verse their opinion back at us. Um, and, and the problem is, is that a lot of people don't have the context of, of being on video like this and they just leave a comment and it comes off as shittier than it might come off That's otherwise. True. Yeah. Um, and, and again, they're missing the context of knowing who we are as as people um, and, and have never seen any other videos that we've made. So they don't understand the comedy and, and the anger and, and all the stupid shit that we do on a regular basis. Right. Um, so I think that is where... That's where this kind of that's where this video came from is this gatekeepy shit has to stop. And this is why I have such a problem with with quotes like the Joe Bob quote you brought up. Yeah. Um, it's and 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 what this article says right here, especially since elevated horror is sometimes just described as horror for non-horror fans. Right. Um you know, I think being a horror fan in general, uh you have a tendency to look at stuff like like punk rock kids do. Uh, this is mine and it's special and I don't want the whole world to know what this is. And then somebody like Ari Aster makes something like Midsummer, or, or Robert Eggers makes the witch. And you think to yourself, this isn't horror. This isn't what I love about horror. This is appealing to a wide main mainstream audience and I don't like it. And then we cheer when something like terrifier two does well, it's confusing and, mm -hmm. and I don't, I don't understand it. And everyone is allowed yeah. to have their own opinions. I get that. But the gatekeeping thing is just something completely different. And I think that's, that's what we're talking about here with this elevated horror stuff. The problem is the term elevated automatically brings up um, this, this visual of I am above you. I am mm -hmm. elevated above you. And so it automatically, I think, makes people defensive. I am above yeah. horror. I am elevated above this low tier art that you like where people get killed. And and well, it makes horror fans pissed off. And that, that I totally understand. Yeah, well, because it, it, it's one thing to sit there and go, I like horror. It's another to sit there and go... I like horror, but I don't like this type of horror. It's the exact same argument for people who do like elevated horror, who don't like other horror. It's the same. It's two sides of the exact same coin. 
Yeah. To sit there and go, I like this, but I don't like this because it's called one thing and it's a certain way is the exact same thing as going, I like elevated horror, but I don't like slashers and bloody gory horror. It's the same argument. You're making the exact same argument as the other side that you're arguing against. Horror is horror and there are different types within it, just like there are different period pieces. There are different types of biopics there or biopics, whatever you want to say. It's it's a genre, and within that genre, people look at genres as a world of a type of film. Genres are a universe with worlds inside of them called subgenres. And to sit there and go, you're not a true horror fan because you don't like this form of horror that I like, or you like a form of horror that I don't like, it, 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 it's mind-bogglingly nonsensical yeah can you imagine if you were really really into found footage stuff and then you all you did was talk about how stupid the people that are into slashers are can you yeah. can you imagine that that's just <laughs> such a silly thing to like i'm dying on this hill this is the hill yeah. i choose to die on and i yeah i don't understand it so no, and, 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 and again it's not i mean like i don't i don't want to like attack people in the, make it sound like we're attacking people in the horror community or anything like that. No, because we're, we're not. Because we're also part of it. We both yes. love horror movies. Yes. All types of horror movies. Yep. And, and, and we're not attacking the horror community. We're attacking the people that are the gatekeepers within the horror right. community. Because it's not the vast majority of the no. horror community. It's the it small minority, really the vocal isn't. minority. Yes, dude, I, 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 the vast majority of people that love horror that I've talked to, not one of them has sat there and got it heated and pissed off. And like, they haven't even gotten pissed off. There's been a disagreement. We didn't agree on something. We vo vo voice our points. And that's the majority of the interactions I have with people in the, in the horror community. But there's this small sect that you're always going to have in anything ever that they just, they get so heated about it. And I don't, I don't understand it. Well, it goes back to people kind of revolving their entire lives around horror and they take it as a personal attack. I think, mm -hmm. um, and again, it goes back to the term. I don't think anyone has a problem with the term art house horror. It's no. a little pretentious and it, it may, and it makes you think of like, uh, Oh, I'm so highfalutin and, and, and all that. When you use the term elevated, um, it automatically makes people think that you think that you, that you're above them because yeah, that it's, it, it's it the term like elevated. It feels like more of a personal descriptor of the person telling you about it rather than a description of the movie you're going to watch. Exactly. Art house horror, like art, if you tell me something's art house, or if somebody tells me like I really like art house horror, I, I like I, I I kind of have an idea of like what kind of movies they're into. If somebody tells me I like elevated horror, that just sounds pretentious on a personal level. I don't know why. Yeah. But it does. And it, I, I, I don't know. Like I said, we, we said it in the very beginning, and I feel like the sentiment is still very true. The problem with elevated horror is the term elevated horror. Not the movies, not the filmmakers, yeah. not anything but those two words. Yeah. Well, um, and this is why I'm glad we got some outside perspective from Reddit. Uh, like you said earlier, you put up a Reddit post uh, this morning, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and and I'll just read this 
read the uh, post that you put up. A friend and I were discussing what, quote, elevated horror means and if it's being overused nowadays, which led us to deciding on discussing it as a topic for a podcast. I wanted to see what others think of the idea of, quote, elevated horror, what it might mean to other people and if it's becoming others overused and others' opinions. So um, do you have some specific comments here that you want to go through? Because I know that I sure... you, you uh, responded to some of them. Yes, I sure do. One of my favorite ones um, is actually the top rated one on there right now. It's from All is a Conspiracy. And first of all, if uh, if anybody in that thread watches this video and you saw it, I want to thank everybody for a very constructive um, uh, discussion, um, a very like con a very positive discussion. So, and that's why I like I like a lot of the movie communities on Reddit. Um, but <laughs> their first sentence is what makes me love it. I think elevated horror is the largest insult and most pretentious navel-gazing term ever. <laughs> Which I just love that navel-gazing. First moving pictures have always included horror right from the start. Trust me, we didn't wait until 2019 to start making films that were artsy in the horror genre. The fact they think horror has always been about Jason or Hatchet makes me think they don't even know film. <laughs> horror has always encompassed different subgenres, and your bullshit self-aggrandizing label of better horror makes me not want to watch your shit, because it's most likely not as elevated as you think. Just slow moving and without a proper ending. That's so accurately represents it what is, we've been talking yes. about with the term elevated almost completely almost completely which takes me again back to the idea that elevated horror is not something most filmmakers i think are have in mind when they're going to create something they want to create something that falls within the confines of elevated horror but not with the mentality of this is going to be elevated this is going to be yeah. uh, this going to is going to appeal to hire someone with a higher brain brave brain wavelength or something like yeah. that this it's is not only the intention. for people that get it yeah exactly <laughs> um most of the comments on here were talking about how the term is very pretentious and the term in of itself can really be a turnoff, which is why I don't think we ever see it used as a term or a genre descriptor yeah. on like IMDb or Wikipedia. I don't um, think even any he, director would ever willingly put that on a poster or something. Yeah, yeah. So there, there was also another one uh, by Mike Logan, 1975, uh, though what he said, I don't totally agree with. It's a really this is a really, really good example of uh, being able to disagree, say something that you might not agree with um, and not come back as like, you know, in a hateful way to have a constructive debate. Um, they said elevated horror is a way for writers and directors to say that if you don't understand their film, that you're not as enlightened as those who do. This is just elitist and pretentious gatekeeping for movies that, well, suck. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with um, that either. Um, I don't agree that it's something that directors and writers are using. Um, I can't say that it's not something that wasn't in their heads going into it. Um, however, I the part I do agree with is that it's elitist and uh, it, it exclusionary. It is an exclusionary term. It yeah. is it is a form of gatekeeping. Just like we have a lot of people, or not a lot, we have some people in the horror community that are, are gatekeeping non-elevated horror. There are a lot of people that use elevated horror as a term for gatekeeping themselves. That's actually a really I, good I, point that we didn't even touch on. It, it, it does go both ways absolutely it absolutely goes both yeah. ways um it, it, it's a term for people to sit there and go this horror is better than your horror because it's not just gory horror in of itself is supposed to be fun 
I mean, it's it's supposed to scare you, and people that enjoy horror and enjoy being scared, there's something fun about that. Like, just like a lot of people that don't like horror movies will go to haunted houses during Halloween. Exactly. They go to be scared because that's fun. It's a form yeah. of fun. Um, anyway, continuing, movies like Hereditary, Mother, or The Lighthouse purport themselves to be some kind of next-level horror with analogous themes that the average viewer just cannot grasp or seem to understand. I love watching movies. I love talking about them, breaking them down to find those underlying layers that make them better and more interesting. However, I don't feel as though I should have to do this just to figure out what the writer or, or, or director is trying to convey. No one asked you to. Um, and, uh, and, and I don't mean that in a, in a really snarky way, but again, there's this tendency for art house and elevated horror for people that enjoy those more than traditional horror to, um, to sit there and go, well, if you didn't understand it, then you just don't get it. Or there's this tendency to go, well, you have to break this down and you have to break this down. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes you don't have to break down. And you know what? Sometimes if you didn't understand something, sometimes it was just bad writing. Sometimes just ba just bad filmmaking. Just sit there and go, yeah. you don't understand. And I'm not saying that this is what they're saying. I think this is I, I, I this is written like somebody who has run into a lot of very pretentious horror fans. That's how this is coming off to me. Um, which, if that's what you've run into a lot, I can see how that you have this idea of ele ele elevated horror being something that is done on purpose. Um, I feel like art house horror, sometimes that's just the filmmaker's style. Like they have an idea of, I want to make a movie that makes a statement and this is how it comes out. The Shining is a great example. Um, I actually did not find out until today that The Shining is considered art house. Um, yeah. I, 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 and, and The Shining is in my top three favorite horror movies of all time. I think um, uh, another, another really good example of that is Eraserhead. Um, Eraserhead, I think, is probably one of the like more OG art house movies that I think mm -hmm. of when I think of the term because uh, it has a lot to say. It's beautiful and highbrow, but it's also wacky and and it it hits all of the markers of of something that I think of as art house horror. Um, yeah, and it does make you think. Um, and and the writer and director is trying to convey a specific idea behind that movie without actually just outright saying that thing. David Lynch recently became a father when he made that movie. And a lot of it is about him freaking the hell out about becoming a father. And, and it's man, it's, it's just a matter of how you perceive it. And, and I can see yeah. somebody not liking Eraserhead or the shining um, for the things that it's trying to say in the background, the subtext of the movie, um, but I also I also don't agree with this. Uh, he he does continue. If I have to read an article or watch a YouTube video to understand a movie that is so far out into left field that I can't enjoy it upon an initial viewing, those filmmakers have failed. I don't think that's no. the case. I mean, no. I I think if if somebody does that, all they did was not spell out everything that they wanted to say to you. Um, yeah, and, and that I is not that... necessarily a bad thing. And I think that's a byproduct of the day and age we're living in with movies in general. Marvel like, movies not, and whatnot. Yeah. It's Marvel movies. Again, this is why I've said, and this is, I, I, you know, on a side note, I cannot believe the amount of crap we've gotten from non-Marvel people when we talk more shit on Marvel movies than 
anything else. What's I, funny I about not that believe... is the type of person that's really into a Marvel movie, generally speaking, of course, excluding the hyper hardcore nerds, are not the people sitting around watching podcasts about movies. That's fair. <laughs> that's fair. But again, that's I, I really do think it's a byproduct of the day and age we live in with film now yeah. where it's, I, I mean, we're being the, the new thing is biopics. We're getting a new biopic like every, every six months it feels like now. Um, and, and those are really easy to, to, to watch and to understand because usually they're about people that everybody knows about and has already has like information about. So you're just kind of watching events unfold. And that's the biggest thing is there's a difference between <clears throat> watching events unfold and consuming the details of those events as they unfold. Yeah. And that's the problem with a lot of movies nowadays is it's just, you're just watching things take place on screen. And the second something comes along that actually makes you have to relate to anything i feel like it's a turnoff for people if you have to sit there and go oh i you know i i have to go watch something to understand what was going on and you consider that a bad thing what are you doing why are you watching well, not not why are you watching movies that sounds exclusionary but i i, I just i feel like we're it, we we're in this realm of such easily digestible media now that I think it's ruining what film is. And that's an art form. Yeah. Film is an art form and you're not going to like everything. Like, 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 I don't like everything in like the, 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 the realm of painting Picasso. I don't get it. I don't get it. Everybody thinks he's one of the greatest painters ever. And I don't get it. I think his, I, I think his art w w was, was simple at best in, in his later years. That's and exactly honestly, how I feel about Andy Warhol. <laughs> exactly. Like, like, like it's simple. It, it, it's easy to digest. Therefore it's popular. Yeah. The things most people on a, you know, you know on, 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 in a general theme, they don't want stuff that's going to make you think, and that's okay. It's okay to sit there. It's it's like with sports. Like you had you had a rough week, and you watch sports. You don't have to really digest much if you don't want to, and it's a way of escaping. And I get that, but if that's your thing, that's fine. But to say that somebody failed because you didn't get it. That's again. That's gatekeeping on again another level, and the gatekeeping thing again. It works both ways. To yeah. sit there and go. To sit there and go. I'm a purist, and people that don't get it shouldn't be watching it, or or their opinions aren't valid. Is the same side of the coin of people sitting there going, "Oh, this was highbrow. This is better, and what you like isn't the real deal." See, this is exactly why I felt the way I did about the menu. <laughs> like this is ex everything we're talking about right here is exactly why I felt that way. I did. We will link that up top and down in the description below if you want to hear that. Um, but I also really agree with this other comment here, Red Wheels. So Mike's talking about this one from Red uh, Red Wheels. Um, says I prefer the term art house horror because somehow it sounds less pretentious. I think it's basically a term to distinguish films like The Witch, Hereditary, things like that from horror icons of the past by which I mainly mean the 80s horror classics like Elm Street, Friday the 13th and Halloween. Basically, it's people saying this is not a slasher film. It's not a jump scare fest. Things are going to move maybe a little slower at first, but the tension is going to build and build. I think it's a good distinction to make because the people making Art House or Elevated Horror today grew up watching 80s slasher films. So true. Yeah. 
No doubt they were influenced by them in some way, even if it's only in establishing their love for the genre. But these same filmmakers want to do something different, push for something deeper than just a jump scare. I don't see anything wrong with trying to do something deeper with a genre you love, but yes, using the term elevated almost seems like a diss to slasher B-movies. There's nothing wrong with loving a good old drive through horror film. This is why I prefer the term art house horror. It seems like less of a diss. One hundred percent we said that a little we said that a few minutes ago art house horror seems more like a descriptive term versus an exclusionary term yep well um i think that was much more long-winded than i think we wanted maybe wanted it to be um but i think all of this is part of the problem with the term elevated horror Mm -hmm. um you know, I, I would love to hear what you guys have to say about this because this is something I've been thinking about. I even made a uh, you should be watching art house horror movies last year for um, Vlogtober on my personal channel. This is something I'm really passionate about because art house horror is one of what I would consider um, one of the top genres in horror for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I yeah. love them just as much as I love a good slasher or a good monster movie or any other B horror movie. This is something that I, I don't think it's different. And I don't think it, that it's for horror that don't for horror for people that don't like horror movies. I think that's silly and to, and to automatically write it off as something that, um, you know, is kind of for stupid people or for pretentious people, or for the mainstream, or any any which way that you want to go with this whole argument, I think it's dumb. And it is just yet another subgenre, and, and the difference is it's not a subgenre, but it is. And, and all of these things are left open for interpretation, and a, everyone's opinion is valid, and it doesn't mean one person is more important than the other. And and we are just as guilty of, of gatekeeping stuff sometimes as anybody else. We're not saying mm-hmm. that we're immune to this whole thing. Um, but it is something that when you notice it and you make a conscious effort to move away from it, you become a happier, less judgmental person. And I think that is the importance of keeping an open mind, which is something that we will be doing more of on this channel going into the future. Can, can, can I say something that's, yeah. uh, that's, that's maybe going to piss some people off? Yeah, um, I'll cut it if it's too obscene, but yeah. Um, I would say after looking, it's not going to be obscene. After looking at the movies that are considered uh, elevated horror, um, first of all, I've never considered them elevated horror. I consider them art house. Um, I would say I like elevated slash art house horror more than just gore fests. I would say it it, it may, it may be my favorite realm of horror um, simply because there's so much thought and um, uh, there simply because there's so much thought and detail put into every aspect of it. Writing, lighting, uh, directing those things. Um, That's not to say that it's better but it's it, it, and the it's reason I think it's gonna piss people. The reason I think it's gonna piss people off is because I think they're gonna sit there, they're gonna sit and call me pretentious, and I don't care. That's fine. But it's it's just I like a film that makes me think and <coughs> and pulls me in, mm-hmm. and not even in the writing, not even in the character development. For me, the cinematography of art house horror 
makes me like it more, but that's because I work as a camera operator and DP. And so from that aspect of things, that's what makes me like art house and elevated horror more. But we also, there are also examples of art house um, uh, that, that, that I'm not crazy about. Like um, uh, um, a girl walks home alone at midnight when we watch that at night. Sorry. I'll link that below. That was also before we started this channel and it's on my channel. There, that's a really, really good example of, I think, what people are thinking when they think art house and elevated horror, where we, you, everything about it feels pretentious. And again, it's not that it is, it's how it feels. And I think right. that's a really, th- that's the thing is when we say it feels this way or it felt this way, people are taking that as a saying, this is the way that it is and you're wrong if you feel differently. And that's not the case. It makes me feel different because you really liked that movie. I, I remember loved, that. You I think I gave that a 10 that out of 10. Movie. Yes, yeah. you loved that movie. Yeah. And I specifically remember saying, all I said was there is a scene in this movie that is the epitome of art house to me. And you already knew it was a clown in the balloons dancing yeah. around for no reason. Because yeah, yeah. for me, it added no context whatsoever. However, well, also, we also argued about the ending of that movie because the ending is yeah. very divisive and leaves yeah. it open for interpretation. And it's a great mm-hmm. example of all this. Yeah. So, 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 so that's why I would say, like, I, I would actually say elevated horror is a terrible, terrible term for a really, really good thought provoking genre of horror. But it's also not the one that I'm always, I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, like I'm, I only watch elevated horror. Sometimes I don't want to sit there and watch something that makes me think. Sometimes I want to watch five teenagers get ripped to pieces over the course of an hour and a half. Exactly. But, but that's not to say one is better than the other because that would be gatekeeping. But to you can say, I prefer something over this without saying it's real or it's not real. Okay. Well, I mean, I definitely agree. There's, there's room for everything here. Uh, Mm -hmm. just because you like a slasher doesn't mean that you can't like art house horror. Or I I also want to say, it doesn't mean that the directors of, of uh, that Ari Aster and, and Mickey Keating and, and other, all these other people, um, Robert Eggers, it doesn't mean that they think they're above anyone else. And just because their movies get labeled one thing, it doesn't automatically mean it's a put down to be drive in movies. Mm-hmm. And and it's OK to love both. These things are all opinion based and everyone has different opinions. And especially movies that are open for interpretation, like A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. That movie is a I, I wish we had brought that up earlier because that's such a good example of of something that is just pretentious and and art housey and 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 elevated in all the ways that that we've been talking about but also um can be many things to many different people and all of those things are all okay and you just got to keep a more open mind about this stuff they're all just opinions we're all on the same team if you love horror movies we're all on the same team I promise. But mm-hmm. to, to sit here and fight amongst ourselves about what is and what is not horror is just silly. And and there is room for all of this stuff where Jason rips teenagers apart versus a girl walks home alone at night or Francesca. Francesca? Is that what it is? Or Francesca, Francesca um, you know, uh, imitating Giallo movies. Uh, there's room for all of this stuff. And, and it doesn't mean that one thing is better than the other, regardless of how... 
uh, the media has labeled it as fake news. Exactly. So let us know down in the comments what you guys think about this. This is a really heavy conversation, I think. And a lot of people are really opinionated about this stuff. Mm -hmm. I think that this is one of those this is one of those videos that we could just make three and a half hours long of us bringing up Mm -hmm. different examples. I would love to know some of the examples that you guys bring up of what is and what is not art house horror um, or or elevated horror. These are things This is the reason we started this channel, to have actual conversations with you guys. But I will also say, we have no problem being assholes back to the people that are assholes in the comments. This is the reason that we just got rid of the Scream trailer reaction. And I will also say on that note, I just don't think we're going to be doing many trailer reaction videos anymore. I think we want to do more stuff like this, where we can have an actual conversation rather than just inviting people to yell at us about our opinions being right or wrong. Well, on that note, um, I will be starting a uh, trailer reaction video on my own channel called uh, you watch it anyway and um yeah yeah i think it's i think it's gonna be good i don't see how it could go wrong um and yeah i i i will i will use all the comments in my note i'm definitely gonna bleep all that because youtube is really really (laughs) finicky about the s word um yeah yeah we we live in teddy bear world where we have to watch uh what we say but can't you can't joke about dark topics nope so if you guys like this make sure you hit the like button if you really liked it make sure you hit the subscribe button because we got a lot more content like this on this channel as well as coming in the future i think these topic videos are really interesting to have a conversation between the two of us and have you guys as the audience and the watchers and listeners tell us what you guys think anybody that's listening to the podcast version of this go drop a comment uh on this video i will try to remember uh, we will try to remember to link the video link in the description of the audio podcast version of this on that note go uh if you are listening to the podcast please go rate us on apple i on itunes uh spotify whatever you're doing there because i did actually get an email that we were like 31 in australia for like film podcasts or movie review podcasts cool. or, 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 or one of those. So um, if you're listening in Australia, thank you. I do want to just bring that up. We are actually doing decently on the uh, podcast side of things. So go throw something over there too. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you guys for watching. Uh, let us know how you feel about all this down in the comments and we will see you guys next time from the deep. Bye-bye. Talk talk.